Hello, all of my creepers and my creepettes. Hey, guys. We are swimming into another episode. Oh, still in my joke. Let's pay back. <laughs> I guess that's fair. We have um, an epic tale <laughs> for you today <laughs> of the fish variety. And as we've mentioned, we live in the panhandle and it has been flooding a lot. Yeah, we've gotten an entire year's worth of rain in a few few weeks <laughs> yes <laughs> and uh, also it's summer where we're hanging out in the water so let's talk about mermaids yeah or sirens we're gonna talk about it as they're the same thing here yeah a lot of a lot of cultures will consider it the same thing so as you know contrary to popular popular I want to be popular. Belief. <laughs> um, mermaids are not typically red-haired pretty princesses. No. That's the nice version. Disney. That's the Disney version. Version. <laughs> <laughs> What's on Oops. your mind, baby? <laughs> Oops. Well, they, almost every monster we've talked about, they're sacrificing virgins. What else are you going to sacrifice? I know, but they actually do not go after virgins specifically. <laughs> no. They do target men. <laughs> I feel like for good reason. <laughs> so, your generic European mermaid is on like the same level as fairies. Okay. Like so water fairies. Yeah. They're believed to be naturally existing creatures. That are longer lived than human, but still mortal. They often possess magic or and or prophetic powers. And they love music and singing. So I knew the music and singing, of course, but I don't feel like I've heard of very many mermaid stories with power. And unless you count their their song as a power as a magic. I would but... count that as a magic. As far as the prophetic part, I think that like seeing them is a portent of like you're getting close to land or something. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So, like if if you're if you're a like sailor a and you spot a mermaid, you know you're gonna know you're getting close to land. Hmm. And not just, especially if you're lost, you're not just in the middle of the ocean. Except for some sightings that they've come up with, and there are, uh, like, in current day, oh, yeah. there's fishermen out in the middle of the sea, and there are strange creatures following their boat very carefully and swimming extremely fast. Mm-hmm. Like, keeping pace with the boat. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Yeah. We even saw the one that, that this was happening, and you can hear the song, quote-unquote, in the creepy. background. But it does sound like... Um, it sounded like jump in the water or jump off the boat or something. I couldn't make out the words. I could just hear the like creepy singing. It was crazy. Uh, But it's also, I feel like there are more phony sightings of mermaids than any other creature out there. Yeah. Back in the day when like freak shows were still a big thing, it was not uncommon for there to be a mermaid body on display and it was a taxidermy um like they'd take a monkey and a fish and 
splice them together in taxidermy. See, and that's so creepy too. They are. They're real creepy looking. They're they generally look mummified. Mm-hmm. And I think that's strange too. There's been a sighting in Florida, and it says that the mermaid got washed up in a hurricane or something like that. But it does. It looks mummified and just. Mm. That's weird. It's weird. I do know, like, Caribbean pirates used to mistake manatees as mermaids. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's crazy, too, in the sightings or bodies that wash up on shore or whatever type of case it is, there are different sizes. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe around five feet, but then there's also some that are palm size. That's how the taxidermy ones were. They weren't palm size, but they're probably about the size of a football. Mm -hmm. Because they take just, like, a bass and, like, a... Like a little capuchin monkey or something and taxidermy them together. Mm-hmm. Crazy. wonder if they called Chuck Testa. <laughs> it's a mermaid. <laughs> nope. Just Chuck Testa. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> so I know in your research you found a bunch, uh, almost like our vampire episode of mm-hmm. just like mermaid type creatures from around the world. Yeah, there's a whole bunch and literally from all over Which the world. Which I think is super interesting because like with the vampires, it was like every culture has its own vampire. Mm-hmm. That's how this is. Every signif- every culture has had some sort of dragon, mm-hmm. you know, because they're real. Right. I'm. How do all of these cultures that have no way of communicating with each other since the beginning of time... I mean, we have ways now, but they didn't back then. Not like that. As far as we know. Right. And then they all have such similar creatures. It just is... Little suspicious. Little sus. Little sus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So one of the first ones that I had found was from China. And y'all are going to have to forgive me. I just said y'all. Like, you know... (laughs) Y'all. Where are you you from? You already know. (laughs) But uh, pronunciation on some of these is probably going to be butchered. And I hate it. I'm sorry. (laughs) But the first one I found was in China. And I think it's pronounced Hai Ho Shang. I'm not sure. It just makes me want to sing about dwarfs a little bit. Maybe some poison apples. (laughs) (laughs) But it has the body of a large fish and the shaved head of a Buddhist priest. The giant Haosheng drags entire boats underwater, drowning all on board. To repel him, though, you can burn feathers on deck. And if that doesn't do the trick, then you must perform an intricate dance to the beat of a ritual gong. I just imagine his mouth opening, like, comically wide, like Pac-Man with a (laughs) fishtail. Yeah. They didn't have a picture of that one. That's that's what came through my head. Okay. Tanner's Hai Ho Shang. Mm-hmm. Shang. I'm not sure. I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you. Now, this one you had heard about, but it's from Japan, mm-hmm. and I believe it's pronounced the Kappa. Yes. So they Which... are green humanoid creatures with webbed hands and feet, turtle shells on their back, and a depression on their head that retains water like a bowl. Mm-hmm. But if the water runs out then the kappa is severely weakened. But you had... Well, I had seen that they get frozen. They can't move if the if their water is dumped out. And you said you had to try and trick them into bowing? Like, that's, how you, that's how you get away from them before they try and eat you, is you 
trick them into bowing. And when the water dumps out, they freeze and you run away. Classifying as a mermaid loosely, I guess, because they live in water. It looks like a turtle frog. It's a turtle frog. It's it's actually an oni, which is a Japanese demon. Ah, okay. That makes sense then. Um, and there is a episode of River Monsters about them where Jeremy Wade, I believe is his name, tries to find like find a real life creature that could have been the origin for this oh, that's the cool. story. And he that talks about the it's like the giant Asian salamander. Oh. Uh, and it's it's salamander, and the sucker's like three or four feet long. Um, and it's just massive, but the head on it is shaped like a kappa's head is always depicted. That's cool. It says that they enjoy cucumbers, which I think is really funny. That's they one thing cause I all of this. I enjoy cucumbers. Well, yes, but they're like this creature bringing down whole ships. And they just want a nice, light, refreshing oh, well, cucumber. This one doesn't bring down whole <laughs> ships. This one's like the troll from uh, with the three billy goats or whatever. Oh, okay, I'm get, I'm getting my mermaids mixed. You up. are. <laughs> this one generally hides around water crossings and tries to get you as you cross the water. Also, it is noted that sometimes they steal a magical organ located in a person's anus. I don't know where that came from. The prostate, maybe. <laughs> oh no 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 we do have a picture of that one the kappa not the anus yeah be clear (laughs) to be clear (laughs) up next on the list was from south and southeast asia and i think that it's pronounced the nagini and the naga you when you were telling me about this i was like i know i've heard that before Mm mm-hmm They appear in many religious stories in Hinduism and Buddhism, and they are divine or semi-divine and live in the underworld. They appear as half human, half snake, or as a human carrying a whole bunch of snakes. Some live in the water and some live on land, though. And they're typically benevolent protectors of treasure. Yeah, so that treasure part is what rang a bell. They're a a race in D&D of Mm. snake people. Well, in... Like you mentioned, dragons earlier. Mm-hmm. Snakes are s- closely correlated to dragons. Yeah. And dragons hoard treasure. Mm-hmm. So that's cool cross connection there. In Brazil, they have the E. Papiara, we're going to go with. That sea creature was part of the mythology of the Tupi peoples of Brazil during the 16th century. They had seal heads and human bodies and fish tails. They often attacked people and eat parts of their body. Sometimes they kill people by hugging them, though. You do what you gotta do. Too much love. I'm not a hugger. <laughs> Maybe this is why. <laughs> <laughs> In Colombia, they have El Hombre Cayman. He was once a man. After being caught spying on nude women, he was condemned to live out the rest of his days as an alligator with a human head. This one just kind of was funny to me. Because he got caught spying on women and you give him an aggressive animal as a curse. <laughs> that, and just the, the name is not, the, the name is friendly. the alligator man. It sounds friendly though. It's not ominous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently he hunts once a year and rises from the waters to seek out his prey. Which apparently are nude women. 
which I also think is comical if it's because it's an alligator body with a man size with a man's head, mm-hmm. but a man's head is not big enough to like do eat, anything, eat anybody alligator style, and like the teeth are not great for that. <laughs> so I just imagine this like giant alligator with a little bitty head like swimming around going um num num. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, I'm cursed. <laughs> <laughs> In Canada, the ha- they have the Ojibois mermaids. And they come from indigenous tales. <laughs> tales. <laughs> <laughs> These are the same tribes that the Wendigo legend is from. Yes. Up around like the Great Lakes area. Yeah. There's really not much on the tale of them, but that they've basically keep to their own community unless people cross their borders mm-hmm. and then it never ends good there no they just don't ever come back you never cross into someone else's lair <laughs> lair <laughs> in africa they have the mammy water and the mammy water refers to many water creatures from african mythology and legend it usually portrays as a woman but sometimes as a man some tales show her bringing people to her underwater home and granting them spiritual enlightenment, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, there's a different tale of where a man steals her possessions and she haunts their dreams, demanding the thief return her possessions and stay sexually faithful to her forever. Or else. <laughs> or else. Or else. According to some stories, she can heal, but also inflict ailments. In other South African folklore, she can fly in a tornado. But she has a pretty complex story in a lot of the African societies. Um, And her legends are reached all the way across the Atlantic with the onset of slavery. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I do find it interesting how many of these, like, it seems to be almost half and half. How many of these are benevolent, take care of the people around them creatures, and how many of them are, I'm going to eat you? Well, so we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we got on the mics, but all of these stories, it a lot of them seem like it is very specific that a man took something of hers or tricked mm-hmm. her into staying or, or whatever. It, it ha- They have her property or her attention in some way and she's forced to stay there with them until she's somehow able to be sneaky and get her thing back and she always goes back to the ocean like she's being held captive and i i do remember you telling me some of these stories associated with these went back to like the 1800s which so my theory is um you know because i was always under the impression that mermaids were more monster than always you know they were they were going to lure you into the water and then eat you like this is grim tales and then you have the little mermaid that's (laughs) the way that the greek sirens are Mm -hmm. and i think that you know for the longest time you know that was the predominant belief until in 1837 was when hans christian anderson wrote the little mermaid Mm-hmm. And I think the writing of that novel swayed, you know, cultural perception. And that's when the stories might have 
that's when I believe the story started to change. I bet it did, but that story is a love story. It's a romance because Ariel loves Prince Eric and it's consensual. Well, <laughs> Everything else is not. It's still darker than Disney well, makes it. Well, that's true. Yes. So, but I, I think that's when we start seeing the more, um, the less monstrous version of mermaids. Which I think is also crazy because they, you know, they make mermaids beautiful at that point and on. But they are not. Like, none of the pictures that you can find of, like, the creatures that I've named off so far, none of them are even remotely Yeah, I always, I always imagine them as, like, the, the, the creature from the Black Lagoon mm-hmm. with a fishtail. Mm-hmm. So next on our list is from the Cameroon, and I think it's pronounced Jingu. These water spirits serve as a messenger between humans and gods, and they're beautiful with fishtails and long wild hair. They're healers, and their folklore is often related to the Mamie water stories, but they're more worshipped. Mm-hmm. And then in Germany, they have the Lorelei, and the origins of the Lorelei folk tale are more literary than others on this list that we've named so far. Lorelei is the name of a steep rock on the banks of Rhine in Germany. In 1801, German author Clemens Brentano wrote a poem inspired by the rock's name about a woman named Lorelei, who is accused of killing men after she's jilted by a lover. A bishop condemns her to a nunnery, and on the way there, she climbs the rocks thinking that she's seen her lover and falls to her death. Of course. And then a couple of decades later, there's another author who writes a more popular poem, which depicts the beautiful and singing Lorelei sitting on the rock and distracting men traveling along the Rhine to their deaths. But I think that's more like a spirit. Yeah, that's that sounds more like a spirit, like our, like La Llorona or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. German La Llorona. Yeah, basically. In Europe, they have the Melusine. And this is specific to freshwater. But Melusine is portrayed as a fish or a serpent tail with a humanoid body, but a lot of times has wings also. And many European royal families claimed to be descendant from her as well, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. One, how does that work? You got fish or serpent tail. (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) Melusine is the daughter of the fairy Priscine and King Elenus of Scotland. She agrees to marry a nobleman as long as he never looks at her while she's taking a bath. But of course he breaks his oath. And in the German tale, her song attracts a shepherd who kisses her three times. Each day he visits her, she turns more serpent-like until he's too afraid to come anymore. He instead decides to marry a village girl. But at their wedding, Melusine poisons the food with her snake tail and they all die. Happily ever after. Tale as old as time. Oh, no. (laughs) It's the wrong story. (laughs) the wrong story. My bad. (laughs) In Greece, we have Scylla. Which I was... This kind of blew my perception of Scylla out of the water. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Why? Because Did I'd it always... blow you out of the water into the caves of Charybdis? It might have. <laughs> I always imagined Scylla as just the whirlpool. I think I did I didn't too. realize there was a 
more tangible manifestation of her. Like she's creating the whirlpool, just not showing herself. That see, that's what I. Th- Maybe this she's the monster making the whirlpool, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I always imagined her as the whirlpool itself. Yeah, it's, it describes her in Greek mythology as a legendary fish-tailed woman who torments seafarers along with her monstrous counterpart, Charybdis. Boom, boom, boom. This is one of my favorite monsters, by the way. In Northern Europe, we have the Selkies. And I'd heard of these before. Mm-hmm. But selkies are seals that turn into people. In the most well-known selkie story, a man happens upon a group of sunbathing women with their seal skins nearby. He scares them and the women flee, grabbing their seal skins before leaping into the water. But he steals one seal skin, leaving one woman able to transform back into her seal form. He marries her, they have children... And one of the children finds the seal skin and gives it to her unknowingly. She escapes back into the sea. Keyword here being escapes. Escape. Escape. <laughs> it's Italian. <laughs> but then it goes on to talk about how lovely and disturbing this story is. And I feel like it is not lovely. It is only disturbing. I, if it wasn't disturbing, we wouldn't be talking about it. Well, very true. It just frustrates me how all of them act like it's this love thing. But it's just the man stealing her. Yeah. I don't like it. (laughs) But the Selkies are pretty... They're not bad or good. They can do both. Mm -hmm. True neutral. True neutral. Yes. Then you have Slavic Eurasia with the Ruslika. And in Slavic countries, the beautiful Ruslika lurks in lakes and ponds, watching for handsome young men to drown. My lady. (laughs) (laughs) Or they are benevolent fertility goddesses. Or they're women who drown themselves to escape abusive relationships. So they vary quite a bit in their story. Those are probably the ones that turn into the ones that eat the the, uh, handsome men. Yes, out of spite, probably. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Which, if you're being abused, now you're going to get your payback. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> but they are usually depicted as young, beautiful women with very long hair because dudes are easy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's all they need. Just give the girl long hair, swoon. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> In Slavic Eurasia, oh, this one's going to be a rough name. We're going to call him Vod, just to make it okay. easy for me. <laughs> um, I think it's Vod Yanoi, maybe. Um, but Vods appear as old men with fish face. F- fish face. Fresh. fresh. <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Fish faces, algae covering their naked bodies, and slimy beards. They I like s- that they had to specify that the beard was slimy. Well, I also think it's funny because we're just talking about how they always make the female version, like, sexy. But the dude version is a slime ball. <laughs> Brumps. <laughs> um, but they sometimes drown unwary anglers. Or capture them and force them to serve as slaves in their underwater lairs. 
They told you they had layers. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> <laughs> they store human souls in teapots. But if you stay, want to stay on their good side, you can put a pinch of tobacco in the water as you pass by. Then you don't end up in the layer. In the layer. I wonder what they have in their layer. Teapots full of souls. <laughs> I guess. It's like Ursula's lair. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably pretty close there. <laughs> I was watching one quick little 20-minute documentary on YouTube earlier. And these guys were talking about how they truly feel that mermaids are actually just aliens. So there's series that the there's wormholes at the bottom of the ocean to other dimensions. I mean, we've only just or we've only explored five percent of our ocean, so we know more about outer space than we do know what that's what's at the bottom of the ocean. That blows my mind. That's mm-hmm. so weird. And why? Like you have to work so hard to but get to outer space, but the oceans are here. It's easier to build a vessel that protects you against no pressure in the atmosphere mm. than it is to build a vessel to protect you against massive amounts of pressure. Okay, that makes sense. Fair point. But still, <laughs> it's just as weird because the oceans are already here. Mm-hmm. We don't really have to travel anywhere. <laughs> but could you imagine, I mean, how, what is the, what's the depth at the bottom of, like, say, the Atlantic Ocean? Uh, I know the Atlantic's not, the deepest oh see i don't even the, know that much. the deepest is part of the point of the ocean is the Mar- mariana trench in the pacific mm-hmm. i don't know how deep it is but i know it's like deep <laughs> just like that <laughs> oh no <laughs> but also there's parts of the pacific ocean that probably aren't what you would consider relatively deep because um an atoll is an isle is an island mm-hmm and all it is is basically a sandbar where the sand mm. has washed to be above the water level. Mm-hmm. So if it's shallow enough for the sand to poke up, at you know, the, long story short, the depth of the oceans varies greatly. Well, and because it varies that much, could you imagine what other creatures are down there that we haven't seen? Yeah. And we have no idea even exists. Well, and like in Lovecraft, most of the big scaries in Lovecraft come from either outer space or the bottom of the ocean. I I can see why people would theorize that they're connected. Right. It makes I can see it. Well, and it. look at like all the cre- jellyfish and octopus. They look like they're from a different... Well, so that's what they talk about in this documentary also is that mermaids, mermen, are aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's through the water, so duh, obviously they have fins so they can get through the water. But we have octopus, which range greatly, and they are otherworldly. And we just take it as they're meant to be here, even Mm -hmm. though they look literally nothing like anything else here. Mm -hmm. And they can change colors. They can squeeze through tiny holes. They're hyper intelligent. Kill you in your sleep. Yes. It's crazy. (laughs) And so they're, they're like, octopuses are obviously like mermaids puppies yes <laughs> I like that spider puppies Ooh. i'd have one Ooh. and I'd name them cecil <laughs> it's a good it's a good octopus name. it is because it's a cephalopod <laughs> <laughs> yep sure are <laughs> 
I don't want to pronounce this one either. It's so bad. It's from Australia. And it is... It's part fish, part spider. I'm just... I'm being funny. Australia's full of spiders. Don't don't do spider jokes. (laughs) (laughs) You threw me off. (laughs) I went into panic mode. (laughs) But, But this group of mer people we'll say comes from the aboriginal stories where parents are warning their children to not play too close to the waters at night or else the muldrawink might gobble them up i only wanted to pronounce that one once just (laughs) once (laughs) and then the last one i have is on the solomon islands and i believe is pronounced the adaro adaro are malevolent merfolk who shoot at humans with flying fish. I like to think of this one as more like mischievous than yes. actually dangerous. Yes. Like he has a giant grin on his face. Like he's, he's not going to eat you. He's just going to chunk a fish at you. <laughs> My favorite kind. <laughs> Take that human. <laughs> Look at you. With, <laughs> with your, your air legs. And your lungs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have to wear pants. Legs are so dumb. (laughs) I'll get behind that one. (laughs) But they have a shark's dorsal fin, tail fins for feet, and gills behind their ears. So if you see one, duck for the flying fish. (laughs) So I was looking for like a movie for us to watch. It was hard. Uh, I could not find anything, like, legit. Everything was, like, B-movie, which I'm down for, but you were not so much. That's where we always have our problem, because I want to have, like, an actual good one. Like, make me something good, and then I can watch something silly. So the best representation of a scary mermaid in film would be probably Pirates of the Caribbean 4, Mm. because they hold a pretty hefty part of the plot mm-hmm. um but they will eat you and they do eat several pirates Yum. um so th- that's probably the closest thing to like a decent movie <laughs> that features a scary mermaid now there's tons of mermaid movies out there but a lot of them are like either romances or kids movies i did watch that one show a few years ago that was on what is siren it, it was on uh freeform yeah and I thought it was pretty good. I fell off at some point when it, it started getting way crazy. But. It was your typical, like, overly dramatic, like, almost like a teen drama kind yeah. of. Yeah, it kind of was. Just the adult version. It was uh, Teen Wolf with Mermaids. <laughs> teen Mer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I did find, and a lot of these are available on either YouTube for free or Tubi. Which so is they also obviously that shows what you're looking for. Um, so there's a 2001 film called She Creature. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. I, that's the one I wanted to watch. <laughs> you were not down. Um, there's a 2019 called Mermaid Down. We almost watched this one based off the description, then got busy, and it wasn't like something. It was not a critic favorite or anything. Mm-mm. So uh, there's the 2015 The Lure. There's call. There's one called the lure, like fishing lure, like a fishing lure. Oh yeah, 
2018, there's a film called The Mermaid, Lake of Death. Dun, dun, dun. Death. Death. Uh, there's 2014 Killer Mermaids. There's The Little Mermaid from 2011, which I'm sure is just a as close to ripping off the Disney Little Mermaid as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's The Mermaid's Curse. I'm pretty sure that that Little Mermaid got terrible reviews. Um, there's a 2000 and this one's free on Vudu from 2010 called Mermaid Isle, but it has the exact same artwork as Killer Mermaid from 2014. Like they use the same model, like, oh my gosh, like stock image to make the the cover. No. Um, yeah. And then there's a 1961 Night Tide. <laughs> they all look like winners to me. I don't know about that, but I'll let you watch those. You tell me. It's not fun to watch a cheesy movie by yourself. <laughs> That's sad. I just want it to be actually good. Like, why does it... It's so hard with horror or anything like that. It's either good or it's just so but cheesy. That's not Watching it because it's good when you're watching cheesy movies is not the point. I know, but I want a good one. The point is getting a good laugh and making fun of the movie. I, I just need one of each. That's it. I can do the other, but I need one of each. Okay. I need it to wash each other out. <laughs> <laughs> With the tide? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's all I got for this week. That's all I got. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure you're sharing with you all of your friends. We want everybody listening to Reaper's Creepers. Everybody should have a little spooky in their life. Yes. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We also have an email address you can reach out to. It is reaperscreepers.spooky22 at gmail.com. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>